Welcome to the NBA Show. I'm Kevin O'Connor, and this is Draft Class. Sitting across the table from me. This is the first time we're all together in one room. Here in Los Angeles. Yeah, I know. the Ringer staff writer, Thanks Jonathan for me come out. I asked them all year. They're like, we don't really want you around. But I guess for the draft, you can maybe come out. So. You're here, man. It's, it's good to it's see nice. you. And also here, as usual, it's popular writer Danny Chow. Oh, man. The three amigos. The, just here. The food space is happening. I heard, I've heard rumors you're already writing food columns. It'll happen soon, Bill. This is a, a message to our boss man, Bill NBA Simmons. NBA offseason. Yeah, it'll, it'll happen soon. Don't worry about it. I love food. I love writing about it. Give me some time. We still have the NBA draft season here and this is how we wrap it up yeah, yeah. you're right this is this let's is the final episode of draft class right right before free agency all right guys let's do it then let's do it draft started as expected arizona center deandre ayton went number one to the suns yep. got duke big man marvin bagley to the kings and then number three that's where things really really got interesting two teams passed on him and then the Hawks dealt him. Luka Doncic went to the Dallas Mavericks Luka! with the number five pick. <laughs> the Hawks took point guard Trey Young from Oklahoma. He's got a top five protected pick that becomes unprotected in 2023. But the big story here the big is story. Luka For Doncic. Sure. Let's, let's go with the lead here. John, you're a Dallas guy. I'm just going to ask you the go-to sideline reporter question. The Mavericks just drafted Luka Doncic. How are you feeling right now? Man, I've been scheming all morning. Like I've been like, hey, who do they trade for? Who do we sign? Like We're going to be good next year. This is happening. Let's go. Like, so there is no intention of, of this being like a, oh, we're, we're going to be patient with no. our with our rebuild. Do you think Mark Cuban is going to do something like that? Also, no. I guess, no. do you think Rick Carlisle is going to want to Absolutely know, not. They, they, don't have, they no. don't have time for that. They're yeah. very impatient people. But this guy, like, this is the one rookie you draft and like, well, let's just make a playoff run now. Like, the other guys will take time, but this guy, I mean, he should be ready to go. So how does this work? So you go, Luca, I think you go Dennis and Wes Matthews did one and two. Luca and Barnes are three and four get a five in free agency. How much do you think Lucas steals the ball away from Dennis Smith here? It doesn't matter because no? in Carlisle's system, they're on two point guards. So essentially, you're replacing J.J. Barea or J.J. Barrera, as Charles Barkley would say. <laughs> Barea, Yogi Ferrell, Devin Harris. Those guys are gone. You're putting Luke in the exact same spot in the lineup. And it's the same thing. Luca's like eight inches taller than all of those dudes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, my guy Barea <laughs> had a good year, but obviously, if you get a 6'8 guy in that spot, it's better for you than a 5'7 guy. And all three of us had Luca number one on our board. Absolutely. Six foot eight. Yeah, I'm pumped, man. Done, I'm, done, I'm pumped. Accomplished everything there is to accomplish for an international player overseas for a teenager could possibly do. I, I had an article about Luca. The youngest player before him was 21 to win your league. He's 19 to win your league final final four, four MVP. MVP. Yep. So the youngest time for him was Tony Kukoc, by the way. There, there are some fans listening to Draft Class for the first time right now. They're like, who is Luka Doncic? Jonathan, wh- okay. what has you so excited about Luka Doncic as a prospect? Uh, he's d- definitely the most accomplished European prospect ever. So last summer, he w- played with uh, Goran Dragic at Eurobasket, which is the champ. All the best teams in Europe play every two years. Him and Dragic won the Eurobasket championship. They beat guys like Porzingis. I mean, France, Spain, the Gasol. There's always good players in Eurobasket, and they won that. Then this year, he goes to, he's at Real Madrid. Real Madrid is the top team in Europe. They win the EuroLeague championship. He's the best player. They win the Spanish League championship. He's the best player. Like, and, and the seas kind of parted for him because Sergio Jules, their lead guard, yeah, he got hurt. went down with a knee injury early in the season. Or before the season, before the season started. started. Yeah. And Eurobasket. Yeah, Euro and basket. that kind of opened up, you know, Doncic being able to be this lead guy. To show the, the transcendent passing ability exactly. that he has. At well, it was a lot like, it was like Donovan Mitchell at Utah at Real Madrid. He had a bunch of vets around him. He had his role. 
They had the great Anthony Randolph on that team. <laughs> Shout and out. You, and you mentioned his role. I think, you know, some people are worried like, oh, what if he's a bust? Like Mario Hazonia. Hazonia barely played overseas. Right. It's a whole different he, kind of player. Like, he was like the eighth, Mario doesn't eighth, pass. eighth or ninth guy in the rotation as a teenager. Luca won MVP. Yeah. Elite passer for his age. Pick and roll ability is really, I think, elite for a teenager at this for level. Sure. Would you guys yeah. agree? For sure. Uh, and obviously, adjusting to the NBA will be a new monster, like it is for any young player. But he already shows the ability to control speed, change tempo, speed up a little bit when he needs to. Yeah. All the tools are there for him to be a really good playmaker in the NBA. The question moving forward is what level does he reach as a scorer? Only shot around 31% yeah. right. From you, know three what's, this year. Uh, you know what's going to be nice? Guess who taught Jason Kidd about three-point shooting when he came to Dallas? Ooh. My guy, Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. Him and Luca, they're going to be in the gym all summer. I was telling them over there, Luca, he'll tell Luca, you can go to Uptown like once a week, mm-hmm. maybe twice, but I'll now go to the gym. I'm going to shoot baskets all the time. Dirk's like the best role model possible. So is, is Holger still around? He comes every year, hang out with Dirk, and do do work. There it is. Holger's working with Luca. That's let's make this happen, Danny. <laughs> this is happening. And the thing is, is it's not like Luca necessarily needs to improve his mechanics or anything. It might oh, just no. be development yeah. over time. He's a good free throw sure. shooter. He's he not is, a bad shooter. At he all. has wonderful touch on floaters and layups. And he takes yeah. like dribble threes all the time. He takes like a really difficult shot. That's dribble part threes, of the reason. and he can also he creates space for himself. You know, off cuts and off movement so well, and you just. When you see him do these things, it's so smooth. His release is effortless. They just don't go in. Part of it, I'm concerned, you know, maybe it's fatigue. He's he hasn't yeah. stopped playing he, for the he's, past. He's played two around years. 85 games in the last yeah. calendar year. I think right. 85, is, right. uh, 85 is the number after I the think game he, he played Tuesday. He finished with 161 or two games, 163 games, I think, uh, since. September 30th of Oof. 2016. Unbelievable. That's crazy. And that's so, one That's one of the reasons. He's 19. Like, Hopefully it's he doesn't crazy. play Summer League. I think just he's, shut him down. I don't think he's going to. Yeah. I, I believe they said last night after the draft oh, they're cool, going to give cool, him a awesome. break because he needs it. Yeah, right, for right? sure. Like so not even it. one parade game where they're like, yeah. oh, look at our star. It, it, nah. it would be nice, but it's unnecessary. We got yeah. Jalen Brunson run Summer League. Man. That's why he drafted him. Mm. We got a great Summer League point guard. And, and a lot of the talk about Luca right now, we're talking about his skills. We're talking about what he's won. and But I think the reason why he won so much at this level is because of really how he plays. Yeah. Super competitive player. Yeah. Very emotional. See, if anything, he has to, he's a hothead a bit. Like, he's really... For sure. Yeah. And, you know, over time, maybe that, that channels into a positive for him, right? The that's why, I love, that's why or, I love having Dirk around. Dirk is such a great role model. Hey, big brother, Uncle Dirk, man. Just talk about life all I, the time. I think that's been a little overblown with him being like a, a hothead. Well, I'm just saying I, like personality-wise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, a 40-year-old yeah, yeah, European sure. legend. Like, that's like the great, the best spot for a young guy like Luca to just learn. Oh, and, right? and you got Rick Carlisle as well, one of the yeah. better coaches yep. in the NBA. Yeah, man, it's it's gonna be great. The fascinating thing is the the other side of it, where he fell three spots, three teams, two teams passing him, one team traded him, and you know, go entering the draft process, it seems like a lot of teams might actually have had him around seventh or wow, eighth on their board, which seems fascinating. Like, we yeah. all had him number one, yeah. but what do we know? But, I'm just blog boys. So maybe what, what, what do any true. of us know? Yeah, but the true. thing is, is I, I do think it's worth touching on some of the concerns that teams legitimately yeah, sure. might have had, mm-hmm. and. and one of them is his athleticism. He doesn't have a great first step. He doesn't necessarily have that second gear when he turns the corner. Yep. Jonathan, are you at all worried about that at the NBA level? Is, that, is it one, hesi- one hesitation mean, you might have? It's a fair concern, but I look at it even the worst case. He's Joe Ingles. Like, Ingles yeah. is not an athlete, uh, he, an elite athlete. I had a conversation ye- yesterday morning with an executive, and we talked about Luca. I was like, what do you think about, like, the, you know, all these teams passing yeah. on him? You know, some teams have him ranked like eighth or whatever. And he's like, I get it. And the reason why is because maybe he's a Hito Turkoglu type of player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's still, that's a really good at player. His best? And the thing too, I mean, like, 
Ingles was such a big part of Utah this year. He was just incredible for them. He shot the ball, he defended, he moved the ball. And without Joe Ingles, they're not in the play. I mean, maybe yeah. they're playoff. Maybe. <laughs> right. He was like a third well, best yeah, player. Yeah, I mean, he held everything together. He was their third and best player, right? For sure. Is yeah. that crazy? Joe Ingles is Chris Vernon's favorite player yeah. for um, oh, shout out Verno. aesthetic reasons. Verno <laughs> it, sure. Like I think I think Joe Ingles would be a, a great worst case scenario know, for any that, player and, to and have. That's kind of the thing. We had talked about Doncic earlier in the season, and I had brought up, you know, hey. Okay, right right now, and it was around March. I was like, would you rather have uh, Luca right now or Joe Ingles right now on your team? I mean, right now, I'd probably have Ingles. Yeah, right? I'd take Ingles right now. Right. Ingles, like, never yeah. but, but, like, yeah. that, I feel like their their value to a team, even, even at this stage in their careers, are pretty similar. I think one thing, what they can sure. here's one thing to also point out. So last year, the leading scorer in the early champs was Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I went into a story about him last year. Sacramento. He's good. Like, he had a good year right away. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he's older, but whatever. He's 26. He came in. He had a good, solid season for the Kings. I think that, to me, is like, he'll be Bogdan at worst, I feel like, in right. Dallas. That's to be a good player. And then Luka as well. The one other thing is the defense. Um, yeah. I, I tend to be on the side that I think his defensive weaknesses are a little bit overblown. He tries hard. He's he's smart. He has a high basketball IQ. And the thing, I, in Dallas, you got Harry Barnes and Wes Matthews to guard bigger forwards. Sure. I, I mean, I, but really, like, with the switching defenses, I feel like there's no hiding anyway. That's but, true. But I, I do think that some of his weaknesses on the Yeah, I don't think he would target him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he won't be great, but I don't think he's like, let's just move our yeah. defense and be, attack him. Because he's six foot eight, because he's yeah. strong, because he plays hard. And you would think, you know, over the course of the season, he's not playing. I mean, we won't oversell. He won't be good at defense. But he should be like, okay, he, at best. He's going to get more athletic over time. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. he's, he's gonna, probably going to go back to P3. Get him in the, the gym. Yeah, lose a couple pounds. I mean, he was a completely different. In my eyes, he was a completely different athlete from the beginning of the EuroLeague season and at the end of it. Interesting. Yeah. And so, as fatigue yeah. started to build, when he got to right. that 90th game over X yeah, amount man, of time. Yeah, man, it's like two months off. We're going to have him like playing tennis or something. And you you look at him and it's like his reaction time on defense is there. Mm-hmm. He, has the, he has a huge standing reach for, for a backcourt guy. I think it adds up to being a guy who, yeah. I love that you guys are all in with me. This is great. Yeah, I was yeah. ho- I was working out to be like, kind of like, oh, let's calm down. But now nah, we're going <laughs> no, this for This is it. a kumbaya moment. And plus he rebounds. He does. He, he gets he, boards yeah. too. You got, you got to love that. And then for the other side of it here, two teams passed. Hawks dealt him. And I think that's the greatest risk of the draft that the Atlanta Hawks made. New general manager there, Travis Schlenk. They're fascinating. Schlenk. They're fascinating. They are. They, they traded. So they, they traded down. They got the number five pick where they took Trey Young. And they also got a top five pick that's protected in 2019. I think it'll be, it'll convey that year because Dallas yeah. will make a push for the playoffs. But yeah. top five protected as well in 2020 before it's top three protected in 2021 and 2022. And then eventually becomes unprotected in 2023. They're going to get it before then. I would think Pro- so. Hopefully. Probably next summer. <laughs> maybe oh, maybe Mavericks make a run yeah. at Boogie. We'll talk about that another day. But for the Atlanta Hawks, they're building what looks like the baby Warriors. Yeah, they drafted yeah. Kevin Herter, who we have as a discount Clay Thompson in the NBA Wait, would draft. Would you say guide. they're the top two shooters in the draft, Herter and Young? Y- in that, in, yes. In, in this that, draft. And then they drafted Amari, Amari Spellman from Villanova, <laughs> a guy who is a versatile defender, needs to get better, uh, needs to get Condition. in better shape, yeah. Um, yeah. as he did last year at Villanova, to be as versatile as a Draymond type. But he can do a lot of the little things. It seems, Danny, that they're building a Warriors type of team with, like John said, right. the two best shooters yeah. in the and, and you'd you'd written this for today, and we had kind of in the editing process. There's a there's a fun line in the piece where it's like they're basically building a B movie Warriors. Yes. You know, you have Trey Young starring as you know Steph Curry. You got you know uh, Kevin Herter as Baby Clay and Omari Spellman. You know, the thing with Spellman is 
Schlenk draft, Schlenk, Schlenk was the guy who is credited as the guy who founded yeah. Draymond. I mean, she's mm-hmm. saying like you re- remake yes. Spellman's body, like yeah. you remake so, Draymond's yeah, exactly. body. So there's some untapped potential in maybe getting him as a better, getting him in better condition. I think worth pointing out too, like not only are, like Werder and Young, they're, they're going to be really bad on defense, but they can pass it too. Like oh, that's yeah. not only well, that, it's two yeah. elite shooters who can also pass the right. ball. And it's that like synergy effect they're gambling on. And, and that's the thing. It's like Herter, Herter right now is a better ball handler and passer was than Clay was at the same yeah, stage. That's, that's that's However, Herter is not quite the all-time great shooter that Clay yeah. Thompson is. Also, so it's defensively. It's yeah. similar, but a little different. It's certainly influenced by the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. No doubt about that. Trevor Schlenk spent 12 years oh, with I Golden State. And like Danny said, he was the guy credited for really targeting. So he left Green. Golden State after the 2016 season? 2017, 2017 he was hired. Yep. May 2017. So he was there for the, okay, okay. He was yep. there for the entire for the whole run. Thing, yep. The whole, whole thing. The whole, from Monte Ellis being traded, <laughs> to signing Andrew Bogan and everything else. Shout out else. Monte, man. Absolutely. But, but Trey Young, um, I have him outside the top 10 in my rankings. Not quite as high on him as a lot of people are. But I do get it. I understand the logic of it for them because, like we just talked about with Luca, you know, the shooting is still needs to get better, right? You know, the, you know, with Trey Young, he is maybe the best shooter in the draft. He can shoot off screens. He can pull up from deep. He can he can pull up from mid range if he needs to. He can really pull up from anywhere. But mm-hmm. his passing is very that's very the underrated. underrated. Yeah, yes. for sure. And I think that's the dimension where Schlank is probably thinking we get a Steph esque point guard compared to a maybe Turkoglu-esque right. forward. And I can understand it, but it is certainly a monumental risk for them to pass on Luka Doncic for a guy who is going to be targeted on the defensive well, end I mean, of the floor and too, whose offense, there's no guarantee that he reaches a Damian Lillard yeah, level as a player, but is you, it, John? You also, you'll have two top 10 picks next year, right? And you also, you got, so you got uh, Trey and Herder, and we like Torian Prince and John Collins. They'll be bad. They'll be at least be fun to watch. Well, for they'll sure. they really be fun to watch, <laughs> they, yeah. They're, they're going to be a league pass team for, mm-hmm. that's a super deep cut for the true draft. That's mm-hmm. Trey Young, though, makes it interesting for anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I think the Hawks will be one of those weird hipster league Also, pass maybe Trey Young could sell tickets, just jacking shots. That's kind of what I think a lot of these teams in just under the top three are kind of banking on. Like, with Trey Young, you get a lot of star potential. Like, just like the circus of it all. It'll be fun to watch that. Yeah. What does Atlanta care? They don't ever come out anyway. So maybe that'll <laughs> are, do something. Are we too optimistic about this for Atlanta? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, it's, look, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but like— it never actually, you know, knockoffs never actually get better than the original. Yeah, so, like, I, it's never going to be better than the Warriors. What we're going to watch is, like, well, no. a very weird, like, almost uncanny valley, like, oh, we're looking at something that kind of looks like— Uncanny valley is good. Yeah. I like that. Like, it kind of looks like the Warriors. <laughs> well, but also, don't they have, like, three or four more picks the next two years? They got a bunch. They have up. a bunch. I mean, they're drafting like six more guys. This is just a so, yeah, for sure, and, and that's part of it. Where they have their foundation, mm-hmm. a bunch of young players, very appealing young core, and then they have cap flexibility. I mean, you're saying forward. like, better if they got like they have, Cam Reddish next year and just said, sure. F it, keep yeah. shooting." I mean, they're going to be a bad team. Yeah, that'd be really. And bad. so they're going to have another top pick. Maybe they get RJ Barrett next maybe. year. Who he'd, knows? He'd be nice. Maybe they, maybe they package that Mavericks pick with their own pick and move up for somebody. Yeah. The fact is, is that they are in a, in a really enviable position moving forward with a, an appealing young core. I mean, they're just going to be bad for all, which that's whatever. It's a rebuilding team for sure. And the, the question is going to be though, like, was it a mistake to trade Luka Doncic and get Trey Young in that future pick? Oh, we man. don't know what the deal is going to yeah, look like for I a mean, year. That's gonna. Yeah. That's that's a five years down. The I got. Line I got some Zen moment. If you're Atlanta, it's over now. It's done. Don't worry about it. The, the thing's been done. We got. We're going forward. This is our team. Luca's great. Whatever. It doesn't it, matter. And the one thing I do appreciate, um, really, all all top three teams that did pass on Luca is 
they weren't letting fan opinion influence their For decisions. Sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What do we know? They could be, it could suck. You know, the Kings at number two, every Kings fan in the world, including Riley McAtee from mm-hmm. here at TheRinger.com, wanted Luka Doncic. They took Begley anyway. Number three, Hawks fans not happy they passed on Luka Doncic. They took Trey Young anyway. They just did. They want. They did what they wanted yeah. to do. And I think, at least for now, that's a sign that ownership. They have a new uh, owner there, Tony Ressler, uh, as at least uh, giving giving Schleck, okay. uh, Schleck the freedom to do whatever yeah, the hell good. he wants. That's, that's build good, his that's team the way he wants. Owners picking picks doesn't seem to work out very well. So, <laughs> yeah. Interestingly, also in this year's draft, five of the top seven picks were bigs in a league where it's getting smaller. More teams are playing small ball. You're seeing fewer two big lineups. DeAndre Ayton went number one. Marvin Bagley went number two. Jaron Jackson went fourth to the Grizzlies. Mo Bamba went sixth to the Orlando Magic. Then Wendell Carter went seventh to the Chicago Bulls. Is the league going to get bigger? Or are we going to look back at this year's draft and think to ourselves, man, what were these teams thinking passing on these smaller guards, these wings, like a Kill Bridges, a Trey Young, a Miles Bridges, well, whoever it is? Like, are we? Gonna, how are we going to look back at this I draft? I guess here's the thing. like, Even if the league doesn't get bigger, maybe the good guards are in the next draft and two drafts from now. So if you're like, the guards in this draft aren't great, you can't be like, I'm going to get a guard. But if you think, you know what I mean? Like maybe, mm-hmm. I think it will get smaller. Maybe these aren't good guards. So if you don't think they're the best, don't draft them. Yeah, I, I just think... You, especially with the top five picks, you're looking for guys who have the potential to change your franchise forever. And if you see that in these bigs, there's no reason to go the other way yeah. just because of what is currently happening in the NBA. Yeah, you got to believe in the guy you're taking. You so. have Absolutely. to believe in the guy you're taking. And I think whether we, how we look on, upon this draft five years from now, it's contingent on how good these guys are. If these guys are yeah. good, it forces the totally. NBA to be a different, it, you know, a, a different league. Exactly, Danny. We, we, you and I have talked about this. You wrote about mm-hmm. it as well, where I think right now, like entering this year's draft, there's been a lot of focus on like what the league looks like in the playoffs now. But in reality, like when the Warriors built their team drafting Stephen Curry in 2009, Klay Thompson in 2011, Draymond Green in 2012, nobody was talking about like, oh, this is going to be great for today's league. (laughs) They just made their picks. And and in reality, it led to the type of team that they have now that has changed things. But the the big men could also change things the other way as well, because there's a lot of good bigs in the league. Chris Dapps, Joel Embiid, so on and so forth. There's a lot of bigs coming in 2020 as well. And I think these picks don't matter this year. It doesn't matter if they fit in today's league. It's about what it looks like in 2022, 2023, and so so on into the future. That's what matters. And I think we are going to get bigger in the future. One thing I think, though, I feel like the ability to shoot threes off the dribble is that's like the game changer. Like that's what makes big so much harder these days is like I think there's been more and more guards who can consistently make pull up step back threes. I think that raises the bar for big men, especially in a playoff series. And that's the question for all these guys. Can you guard guards who can shoot threes off the dribble? Like that, mm-hmm. if you can do that, you'll be fine. If you can't do that, I think it's going to be harder and harder for you. Yeah, I mean, defensive versatility is certainly going to yeah. matter. Uh, I, I think really no matter what the size of the player is on yeah, the you floor. Be able, I mean, everyone's going to do it. Whether yeah, you're five foot ten or seven foot two, you're going to need to be able to switch and defend multiple positions at least at a competent level. Yeah. No, not everybody can be Draymond, though. Sure. I, I mean, one thing we're not discussing is whether maybe these bigs can also play small. Like, hey, Lottie Divock said Marvin Bagley. Yeah. Three-position player. Yeah, that he, was he, he did say that. He said could play both forward both spots. Both forward spots. Very interesting. And, and that, I remember a couple <laughs> years ago, I remember when the Sixers had Embiid, Okafor, Noel, I was like, man, I wish they would play a, a 
super size lineup with like the smallest player at six foot ten. And they might be able to do that with like the smallest yeah, player sure. being six foot nine. But I wonder with like these skilled bigs, there's a way to go super big as well. I will well. say Bagley has way more perimeter game than guys like Noel and I mean Embiid. For and sure. Noel. I mean, I mean, yeah. I did, but Noel and Okafor. Yeah, Bagley's not perimeter game. Yeah. Yeah. Bagley can handle in the open floor. Yeah. He can shoot threes at least an average level. We'll see what level he I mean, makes I think, I think for me, like with him, I think it's a project. It's like making him more perimeter oriented. Like you remember when Boogie came into the league in Sacramento? It was very much, I'm a post guy. I want to shoot threes. And he grew into a perimeter guy. Yeah. I think Bagley, the same thing has to happen. Jonathan, you have Jaron Jackson as the top. Love him, that's my guy, yeah. JJJ. So for the for Chris Vernon and the Memphis Grizzlies fans, what is it about Jaron Jackson that has him as the number one, number one big on your board? Uh, I think it's the two things: three point shooting, three things: three point shooting, perimeter defense, rim protection. I think he can do all those three things at a high level. I love my centers who can do those three things. Memphis fans are going to have to be patient, though. Only 18 years old. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know how much he's going to be able to. Will contribute. He even start right now? Maybe he won't. Maybe, but I do wonder what kind of role he'll play when they're trying to win games early on. I'm not sure he'll be in the, but, Yeah, he might not be in it. Yeah, but you know what? Like, for them, it's really about, again, three, four for years sure. from now. It's the post-Marcus era. It's when Mike Conley's towards the end of his massive contract. When Jaron Jackson, you would hope, is kind of the bridge into the and new I, era. And I, I have the same thing. I like Marcus Gasol's a veteran for him. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That should be good. And then we'll bomb at number six and Wendell Carter at seven. Both of those guys, I love both. Yeah. I know both. Uh, I believe John, you have Bamba eleven, Carter ten. Danny, yeah. you like uh, Bamba or Carter as well? I uh, like Bamba Carter. I'm a little iffy on, but mm-hmm. I mean the the skills the skill set with yeah. Carter is undeniable. I just with Bamba, I, like I think he needs a point guard real bad. They need to get someone in like next year who can run for, for the Orlando. Oh yeah, Orlando's oh, got a point yeah. guard. I mean, you could say the same about Chicago, really. <laughs> like Chris Dunn. <laughs> I remember about Chris Dunn this year. He's a really nice guy. He may. Uh, I don't know. And He's a good let, guy. And let's hit quickly on DeAndre Ayton. Uh, oh, for n- sure. Number number one guy in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Phoenix, they had an interesting draft where they drafted uh, Elliot Kobo with the 31st pick, and they also made a trade in the middle of the draft where they traded up to get Mikhail Bridges from Villanova. They had initially drafted— yeah, yeah, that was very wild. They drafted yeah. Zaire Smith. Uh, Sixers head coach slash general manager Brett Brown said, like, they had Bridges and they were stoked, and then tons made a hard, hard push to trade for Bridges. Right, they gave up it, a lot to get him. So. Interesting. They gave up an unprotected Miami first-round pick That's in 2021. Yeah. And that could be the year high schoolers are allowed to enter the draft. Mm-hmm. Don't know that for sure. We don't know. Miami might be a contender then. Yeah, Miami I just, might I just stink. hope we're still around, man. You know, this is going to be a presidential <laughs> yeah. election. Like, yeah. <laughs> how's 2020, man? We'll get, we'll get 2020 first. Right? Assuming, right. Assuming we're still here and the NBA is still thriving. I, 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 last night, I felt a little bit iffy about Phoenix's draft, but after sleeping on it, I like it because I love Okobo. Yeah, that yeah. was a great pick at 31. Yeah, it was. That's, I like that's that a, one. That's a steal right there. And I, I just feel like you kind of get the outline of, of uh, the team that they want to be. Like, you, you see, you know, with Bridges, you got a guy who's just solid. And he's going mm. to be able to cover for a lot of what Booker yeah, that's can't thing. do. And, you know, Okobo, you know, you're, you're looking at maybe a point guard of the future. Yeah. He's definitely not going to be that guy next season. Next season's probably going to be Brandon Knight, who I don't think anyone has thought about oh for the God. past Is two years. Is he going to start a point guard for them? I mean, he's better than yeah, I any guess of so. their options P- right now, I didn't now, think right? about that. Put it this way. This, this yeah. is their young core. Well, it's yeah. just like a projected starting five. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, Josh Jackson, Devin Booker, Elliot Kobo. I'm in on that. That's then, a nice five. Then off the bench, Ooh. you got Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, TJ Warren, Tyler Ulysses. So from there, it's like you have nine young guys. I like it. I like it. Who, moving forward, some of them could be trade pieces. Some of them are keepers. Obviously, Devin Booker is your star. Yep. He's 
21 years old, averaged about 25 points per game. We all like he, Josh Jackson, right? We all do, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think we all feel pretty good about Mikhail Bridges. I'm a little yeah. bit lower on him than you guys, I but we all like him. Booker. I, I mean, thing. there's there's a scenario where I can see them running like a three-guard backcourt of Booker, Bridges, well, and Well, I'd love to see. Do you think Booker can just be the point like all the time? I mean, if if you have him and Jackson out there, both of them have, both have good vision and, and both have, him. yeah. Like Jackson, especially in the I open would be court. totally down. That'd be awesome. Let's just see Jackson yeah. Booker running point. All six six guys. Oh my goodness. And then with DeAndre Ayton, obviously with him, there's a supreme offensive potential uh, yeah. for him to stretch Absolutely. the floor from three, for him to play inside, really good rebounder. The question with him, and really I think the most important factor for their future moving forward is his defense. For sure. Right? For because sure. Okobo average above average defender Devin Booker maybe playoff situations yeah, he can yeah. be average but during the regular season he's it's just been Josh Jackson right pretty now. messy yeah Jackson and Bender potentially potentially long term we'll see he's still only 20 years old yeah. but DeAndre Ayton is really the guy who can make this go if Ayton manages to reach his potential on the defensive end of the floor they could be one of those contending teams I would say like the literally the better DeAndre Ayton is at defense the better the team is it's like a direct correlation as Ayton gets better on defense that team's gonna get better so it's like it's all on you man this is your team. If you play good defense, we're going to be a really good team. Let's go. Yeah, and and if this is a Carly Anthony Town situation where the defense just actually kind of lags from his from his college production, it's it's well, really hard to see. I would say you got to be patient, man. Yeah, it's like DeAndre's going to come in the league. He's going to want to score, which is fine. Like it might take him two, three, four years to get better so, at defense. Yeah, so just be patient. You got to be patient with him. I, I think he showed flashes. He definitely he, has he, tools. He, I mean, he, he has all the tools. He's a, for sure. all the tools. Excellent yeah. athlete. I mean, you know, excellent body as well. I mean, I mean, he's strong. Is he's quick. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's incredible. The potential is there. We're going to take a quick break. And after that, we're going to talk about Michael Porter free falling to the 14th yeah. pick. First, we got to hear from our sponsors. Today's Ringer NBA show draft class is brought to you by SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you're catching your favorite musician on tour, shopping for the perfect gift, or searching for a last-minute deal to see your favorite team. SeatGeek helps you find the best deals at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have SeatGeek on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and just with a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I actually just use SeatGeek to buy tickets to Janelle Monet next week at the Greek Theater. I'm so excited for that. It's my my one show between the draft and free agency. Gotta have a night off to go see Janelle Monet. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching for multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and your promo code RINGERNBA today. That's promo code RINGERNBA for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, right seat, right now, right from your phone. Draft Class is also brought to you by Hotel Tonight. If you love to score amazing deals and incredible hotels, you'll love Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight partners with hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, helping you find sweet deals at a cool, top-rated hotels. Hotel Tonight shows you the best deals at hotels you actually want to stay at. No more scrolling through endless lists of choices. 
Even though their name's Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute bookings. You can book in advance, perfect for planners and procrastinators alike. Hotel Tonight is perfect for spontaneous weekend getaways, staycations, three-day weekends, road trips, business bookings, and more. It's so easy to use. Book hotels in 10 seconds and just three taps and a swipe. There's even the HT Perks program, where the more you book, the better deals you get. I'm going to be traveling this summer. I want to go to San Diego, I think. Maybe I'll go up to San Francisco. I got to explore California now that I live here. So I'm definitely going to be using Hotel Tonight to book my hotels when I'm going on the road during the NBA offseason. So get the Hotel Tonight app now to start scoring amazing deals and incredible hotels. That's Hotel Tonight, the only booking app you need. And now, back to draft class. We're back. Big surprise last night was Michael Porter from Missouri falling in the draft. He was yeah, projected sure. before the season as a top three pick. Then he had his back surgery. And, and then he was he, floating around at number two. Yes, so like, he got linked five. like a week ago to number two. Yeah. A it, week ago. It, yeah, exactly. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, mm-hmm. the LA Clippers, he fell to 12 and 13. And I know Jerry West liked him. Ballmer's uh, guy? Steve Ballmer, Seattle guy liked yeah, him. I wonder what happened there. And they passed on him. And that says to me that at Denver, at 14, if the Clippers pass on him, something's up. And I still think it's worth the risk, yeah, though, for, for Denver. Denver. Yeah. It is worth the mm-hmm. risk with Porter's scoring Because they're already talent. pretty good. They don't need him to be good right now anyways. And he might sit out the whole year. Yeah, whatever. Well. So with Porter, though, it, it, is he worth the risk, though, at that point at in 14, the draft, in your opinion, so. with the injury risk? Because there's other guys you liked on the board, though, I isn't there, John? I would have taken Zaire over him, but everybody else, I'd be happy just well, and, and that's the funny thing, is, as I had heard before the draft, that Zaire Smith would have been the guy. He'd have been wow. awesome He would have been. I love Zaire. The, that's my guy. I think Zaire was the guy they absolutely would have taken had Michael Porter not been there. Had Michael Porter not been there. So, yes. I, it was reported that Michael Porter hadn't actually spoken with the team until draft day, right? The Nuggets? Interesting. Yeah, yeah well, why would he? It's such a doubt of his yeah, range. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that, that was sense. the case. And I think it's I think it's a good situation for, for both teams because, look, the Nuggets are already a fringe playoff team. They're probably going to make it next year if all things go well with Paul Millsap. You let, you know, Michael Porter sit out a year, kind of get a feel for the NBA lifestyle, get a feel for what the team expects from him and what they need him to grow like grow into, I think it makes sense. I, I think so too, and, and I'm I'm happy for him that he fell. Yeah, and the reason why is because he's a guy who, for weeks prior to the draft, he's talking about how like I'm next KD, Giannis Antetokounmpo, yeah. Tracy McGrady, and NBA teams last month at combine after they interviewed him. Uh, there was one time I, I was talking to two executives from two different teams, yeah. and one of them remarked how like he said. Uh, Michael Porter said to us, like, you know, I have no weaknesses. And then the other guy chimed in. He's like, he said, like, the same thing to us. He's like, so cocky and so confident. And and it's like, that's good. But now he has a chip on his shoulder where he's like, Maybe he sits out the year and learns what he needs to yeah. do in order and to succeed in the NBA. And there's less pressure on him. Like, less right? pressure. And if you go to Sacramento, yes. there's so much pressure on him. Right? As a number two guy, and yeah. for a losing team that hasn't made the playoffs exactly. in a hundred years. Don't put too much weight in this guy's back. You know, let him, uh, <laughs> I, I just, you know, a, 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 bad, a bad back is kind of a weakness. I'm, 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 it's just like, yeah. I think this is a great yeah. spot for him. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. Just less money. Sorry, it, buddy. And you're short, so well paid, though. I mean, like, we're not doctors here. He had yeah, the same, yeah. sounds like he had the same injury that Tiger Woods had, which is especially scary and alarming. <laughs> but yeah. assuming assuming the injuries are fine, has a chip on his shoulder now, and then as a player for Denver, I like their, a lot of their youth. They have a great yeah. passing big man in Nicole Jokic. They have good guys in the backcourt: Jamal Murray, Gary Harris. And now they get a go-to score with it forward, Jokic. John. You don't need Porter to like pass too much, right? You can mm-hmm. just like go get your shot. Jokic will get you the ball, like will shoot twenty times, but Jokic will have the ball, and then you just kind of take your shots. 
That works really well. Yeah, having Jokic there creates a completely different like, I think ecosystem. he makes Murray a lot better too, but yeah. same thing. It's like, just take your shots. I'll, I'll move the ball for you. Love Jokic. I like it. I like the fit for Denver. It's worth the risk at that point in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do some quick hits. Okay. Who had the best draft? I, I mean, I think it's the Mavs. It's, it's the Dallas Mavericks for sure. I, I think with, with that just ballsy move to move up for Luka Doncic, also getting Jalen Brunson, a reliable point like guard in, in the second round. Mm-hmm. They, they had a really, really good night. It could be a franchise-changing night. And then moving forward into the summer, we'll see what they do. Um, the offseason's not over to, for them. They want to potentially pursue DeMarcus Cousins or Clint Capella, could chase Julius Randle or DJ if he enters the free agency, which I yeah. don't think or he will. Dwight. But, we've been scheming about it yeah. favors I mean all kinds of guys put it this way they're gonna have a young core with Dennis Smith and, and Luka Doncic excited, and, and so on oh. and so forth with potentially a competitive team and I love what they're doing I feel good yeah, for yeah. the Dallas Mavericks who's the best player fit or situation I guess I guess I'll give one Sixers I'll tell you them as a second I love what they did to get okay. Zaire and then having that extra pick Getting Zaire on that team, plus the extra pick. And my guy, Shake Milton at SMU, I still oh, believe yeah, in yeah. Shake. We still believe. Shake. At least me, me and Chark still believe. We're, we're on the Shake <laughs> Island here. I do think it's worth mentioning for Philly that you know they save about $1 million oh, yeah, in yeah, cap yeah, space yeah. by trading them from 10 to 16, which helps. It, it could help moving forward. If they if they want to have their super massive offseason getting Kawhi and LeBron, every cent's going to matter. Even just one of those guys, those extra cap savings matters. And guess what? I think Zaire Smith is a better prospect. Yeah, we, we all like Zaire, man. He's going to be so yeah. much fun to watch next year. He, Him he, catching oops from Simmons. Oh, oh that's going to be sick. So, so uh, how, I, I mean, maybe this is off topic, but how much do the Sixers need to offload to be able to give the like full 10-year max? So for them right now, it it depends on the order of operations. Mm-hmm. If Ooh, you're trading like for Kawhi, like you got to give up a lot, like yeah. Fultz, Covington, Anderson, Korkmaz, Bayless, so Bayless, on and so forth. Bayless but is definitely it, out there. Yeah, it sure. wouldn't be as difficult for them to unload the necessary pieces right. to create max cap space. That would be an easy process. It depends on who you're bringing back and what. I think. Red would you go for Kawhi? That. I think I just do it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Just go, go for, for it. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. we'll put it this way: if you don't go for Kawhi. It means that your doctor, the guy who looked at him in New York, the, that's a good the, point. Uh, that means he he gave it a no go. But if if he gives it, if he yeah. would know better than anybody else, he the is going to be okay moving forward. Right. So that gives him a little bit of an oh, advantage. Man, he'd be incredible on yeah. that team. So I go for let's it. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. I, I it would be fascinating. Yeah. That <laughs> even more so than LeBron. We'll see though. I think yeah. you're right. Even yeah. more so because yeah. better fit with the Simmons. Way better fit. Yeah. Even though, just as a quick aside, I would love to see LeBron push Simmons off ball. For about two, three years. It'd be fascinating. And, and like, what, imagine there. those guys doing a four five pick and roll with oh Simmons as the role man. Oh, that'd be crazy. Who's what's the best player fit situation, Danny? You know, I maybe people will disagree with this, but like, I really like the Lonnie Walker. Yes, uh, Coach Popovich. Lonnie. Union Team Lonnie here. here. Team Lonnie. So there was a fantastic factoid that was brought out uh, on Twitter last night. Lonnie Walker is the first player in Spurs history to be born after they won their first championship. Oh, that's crazy. Whoa. We are all old. We are yeah, all way we're, old. We're definitely, oh, we're definitely yeah. washed for sure. Like, I, I just think Lonnie Walker at that stage in the draft has as much star potential as, as anyone like post-lottery. And with the Spurs being in such flux, you really have to take a chance and you really have to believe that Pop can you know get a hold of of Lonnie and and rein in his interest yeah. and rein in his potential? 
I think that I think that's awesome. We, we talked about this last night on yeah. our live show during the draft where Lonnie Walker, like a lot of it, like he's a good shooter, not a great shooter. Right. He's a good defender, not a great defender. Maybe the Spurs can turn that goodness into greatness. I like him for them. and Dejounte Murray too. I think it, it, that works. It's well. definitely a good backcourt pairing, and you know, yeah. in terms of fit, I mean, we're almost going basic here with like the best coaches, but Boston Celtics drafting Robert Williams. Oh, of course. I was going to say Williams. It's it's a wonderful fit for Williams specifically because he's a guy that's had motor issues, some off-court issues as well. Life coach Brad Stevens, man. Yeah, he's got got Brad (laughs) Stevens now and a defensive culture for him that maybe they turn him on. Maybe Mm -hmm. maybe the green light goes on for him and he becomes that player that he can be. You've probably seen him more than anybody in Texas, John. Yeah. I mean, athletically, he's not far off these top guys. Not at all. I mean, he's a crazy athlete. And he would have been a lottery pick last year. Yeah, he would have for sure. He was a borderline lottery pick this year before he fell. And he played like in the worst possible team. It was so bad. I had heard there's a medical question with him perhaps. Um, uh, But we'll see with that in addition to the off-court stuff. one thing with Robert Williams, uh, it's something that I think Brad Stevens mentioned that he kind of doesn't see Williams as quite the one-dimensional rim runner uh, type. Oh, I love it. So basically, we're looking at maybe another Aaron Bain situation. And this is something that actually— He's got some passing ability. Yeah. He's not unskilled. No, right. yeah, he just he's can't can shoot. He just can't yeah, shoot. Look at Robert pass. Williams, before uh, his sophomore season, had talked about wanting to yep. expand his game, wanting to shoot more threes. And then he saying, shot 47% from free throw line. Yeah, and then, and then none of it. None of it showed. Yeah. I will say, like, I remember the first time I watched Robert Williams, they're playing Kentucky two years ago, and he had a pull-up jump shot, and I was just like, what? How could a guy this had a pull-up jumper? That doesn't even make sense. He did nothing yeah. else the entire game, but I was like, oh, I'm interested in a guy that big pull up jumpers. Robert Williams was probably the first round steal of the night. Second round steal of the night for me is first pick in the second round. Eli Akobo, yeah, that's a good French pick. point guard. Mm-hmm. Akobo. Is he the third best shooter in this draft, maybe? Top five. For he's, sure. he's he's good. Yeah, he's, he's good. a good shooter. Uh, I think Akobo, he, I mean, we talk about like, you know, Trey Young, best shooter, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander, best defender, Colin Sexton, best attacking the rim. Akobo has a little Ooh, bit of all of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit surprised he slipped out of the first round. So for Phoenix to get him at that pick, is really good. Danny, how about yourself in the second round? I like Kyrie Thomas, uh, oh. who eventually made his way to Where did he the end up? Pistons. Jeez, he was uh, all over the he, place. So he, yeah, he was the 38th pick. Um, and they kind of gathered a couple of those guys. So they got Kyrie Thomas, they got Bruce Brown. Ooh, I and like Bruce Brown. So you're looking at basically replacements for you know Avery Bradley, for Langston Galloway. You know, guys who have much more upside, and but along the lines of very similar profile, three and D guys, yeah, those are tough good comps. guys. Those are good comps. You know, defensive minded players. I'm into it. Um, I'll say for me, I'll go the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think the guys they got, they got Josh Okogie from Georgia Tech in the first round, and then Beta Kata Bates' job fell a lot in the second from Ohio State. I think KPD. they can both. They can shoot it. They can kind of defend it. I think they can. If Tibbs would play these guys, they'd help these teams. <laughs> yeah, those are NBA-ready guys. Yeah, I mean, they can do like very simple roles, which they like shoot and defend. What was the gutsiest decision? Is it just the Hawks taking Trey Young? Or, or is there another decision in the draft that could turn out to That's be a, a ballsy choice? I mean, I, I'm thinking the whatever the yes, Clippers Yes, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Clippers were... You that know, was Jerome Robinson, Boston College guard with a 13th pick. We'd heard all of the rumors. All of them. They want Mo Bamba. They want Michael Porter. They want Luka. Mm-hmm. They f- end up with Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Jerome Robinson, <laughs> who was not a lottery prospect for most of the year, up until about maybe th- four days ago. Play, played yeah. three seasons at, at Boston College, and the way it was described to me with him is that 
you know, at Boston College, he turned into a two guard. He played point guard as a freshman, then they played play the they two. They ran Kai Bowman, yeah. And he can one. score. Like, he can get buckets he from three off score. the dribble, off screens. Yeah. He's a versatile scorer. He's very uh, switchy. Looks like, like Jamal this. Crawford. You're selling me, K- KOC. You're selling the, me. The, the concern with him is playmaking. Like, it, it seemed watching BC like, this is a selfish player. He doesn't pass the ball. Yeah. But I was told that he was simply doing his job in that he has shown more playmaking in workouts, yeah. that he can do more. And, and it, they it, had it, Bowman to run point last year. So yes, yeah, it makes exactly. sense. Exactly. And if you're the Clippers, maybe, or these other teams, I know the Bucks like them at 17, maybe it's like, this guy can play both guard spots for us. Six foot five, perfect guard yeah. for today's league. I'm just playing. I, I'm not, I wouldn't have taken him there either. Right. But I'm just saying Basically, maybe that's I the logic. I will say Jerry West, I, I don't want to ever be like the great Jerry. If he says something, I'm not going to be like, Jerry West was a fool. Like I, That's crazy. And by the way, these are the guards in their roster now. Austin Rivers, Lou Williams, Theodosic, Patrick Beverly. See, I don't care about that. Jawan Evans, Sidarius Thornwell. And then Shea Gilgis- How Alexander much of those Jerome first in. six guys are long-term pieces for them? None, none of them. So I'm not to worry about it, that. It, it, it is fascinating, though, this season, though, if they do have like seven guards in their rotation. That'll be fun to watch. The, the one thing with Jerome Robinson is there was a ESPN pre-draft workout video where he talks about how he fits in the modern NBA. And he specifically references the Houston Rockets. Yeah. And he almost like, it almost makes it sound like he was making a pitch as hey, I could have been one of those ISO scores. I could have been one of those like playmaking guards in, you know, a, a, a Western Conference final series. So like, I can see how teams would like buy into that confidence. I would and, say the downside is like, if he's Jordan Clarkson is the right. downside. That'd yeah. be the downside. But I mean, that he has school, he has tools. Right. We're, We're really just trying to get Isaac off the ledge. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he'll, be, he'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, one quick aside is, I, I think it's interesting how you mentioned the Clippers trying to trade up. Another team that I heard is trying to trade up was the Bulls. Yeah, and oh, really? one of the difficulties I heard for them entering the night was that they had promised Boise State forward Chandler Hutchinson with a 22nd pick. Oh. Last month, you know, right, the week of the NBA combine, Hutchinson shut down workouts. Yeah. Everybody's known he's gotten promised since that week. And if they had the 22nd pick in the draft to use in a package with seven, I think it would have been more interesting. easier for them to move that. up. Yeah. But they promised Hutchinson. So they weren't able to trade the pick. You can't break a promise unless you get a pick higher in the draft. And it just wasn't possible. I feel like they might have. Look, Hutchinson could work out. Wendell Carter, I mm-hmm. love. But I do wonder if we'll look back so at that promise. are you thinking they could, have gone, command. they could have went to Memphis at four, maybe? Who knows? Maybe they get up to three. Who knows? Just, who knows? Well, I, don't, I think Atlanta wanted Trey Young. They couldn't go below six. I don't know. I'm not sure. You're not sure I, about I that? I don't know. I don't know. Oh. There, there's a lot of, and maybe Atlanta wouldn't have went to seven because yeah. of the the noise mm-hmm. about them going for Trey Young. But I don't know if it would have been the guy for them there. Who knows? Wow, Who I didn't knows? even think about that. That's a good point, it, KLC. It, it's interesting. I like uh, Hutchison, but I didn't even think about that. Like I, I just why promise? Why promise in the late twenties? I, I don't really see it. I mean, you believe in Especially a guy. Especially that early, though. I mean, I guess too. Simon's got promise, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, he, he did People as well. do it. it and, just, and, I think, and I think DiVincenzo did it 20 as well, but he didn't end up getting yeah, there. Someone right. took him at first. So, I mean, it happens. It's just, they had those two picks, so it's like, ah, uh, that's tough. What, what was the, the biggest disappointment of the night, whether it's for fans, players, teams? I, I just kind of think it, it was the fact that the Kings did exactly what we thought they were going to do for the past three or four days. Like, they were, in my opinion, the kind of the the linchpin of the draft. They determined how everything else would shake out. Um, they didn't trade. They didn't draft Luka. I'm, I'm a, like, Bagley is is a very high upside player. I'm just a little bummed. Okay, see, I got a, I'm gonna, I got an idea for you. What if they traded for Ryan Anderson, the Kings? The Kings. Because they'll get him for nothing, probably. 
hometown sure. boy. I mean, I mean because then he's I, the I, I want floor. more than Ryan Anderson. I'm I want, saying like I want some future fix. I, I want some assets. I'm saying Come like, on, Daryl, give me something. Right? Get yeah, something. Come on, Daryl. And then he's the four. Bagley's the five. De'Aaron's the one. They won't guard anybody, but at least they would score points. You know, they were fun. Sharks, Sharks, fun. Sharks made the the pitch earlier uh, today that they would be. What was it? A, a top. I was you hedging, hyperbolic. You hedged, yeah, you top hedged 15. They would be a top fifteen offense. I think they signed Rodney Hood and they have Bogdan. <laughs> it's funny when, when I when I interviewed De'Aaron Fox, he's like, "Our offense is pretty good." <laughs> Where is it? I don't even remember. Was it good? Uh, it wasn't. It good. wasn't. Oh, it, it I don't think good. so. <laughs> it, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't very good. <laughs> it, Fake like, news, De'Aaron. It's Fake like De'Aaron. Let, let me let me show you these numbers here. <laughs> what was, best moment of the draft in my eyes last night? Adrian Wojnarowski. Oh, that was just Storming through the mm-hmm. doors after Mark Stein broke some picks early, and he starts just saying. They fancy this player. They, they have interest in this player. It, they will not resist drafting this player. Adrian is uh, not a team first guy, apparently, it, it, man. It made know. watching the drafts so much fun. It was funny. I'll get it. Was it definitely was funny. funny. It was it was the most personality we'd really seen out of Woj, who so just has a very steely veneer. Yes. Um yeah, it was it was beautiful. It, it was like true poetry. And I'm so glad that uh Ringer Coffee Chief. Craig Gaines oh, yeah, that was funny. wrote yeah, an entire so piece that was ranking every single one of his tweets uh, according to, you know, the usage of those <laughs> verbs and the usage of those uh, euphemisms. It was a perfect, perfect quick read. I really recommend. I mean, it was very, it it was very amusing for it, sure. Yeah, it, it, it is like you would like just hearing that. You might be listening, thinking like that doesn't sound interesting, but you read it like yeah. it makes you laugh consistently. Seriously, it's so like, funny. Craig is a guy who has devoted his entire life to words. Yes. And him talking about it in terms of a guy who has devoted his entire life to breaking news, it's just a perfect, perfect marriage. And the draft should be fun, and it was yeah, fun. Yeah, totally. That was so great. It, I had a great time. It, it, it was a good time, and this draft class has been a blast this season, guys. Hasn't it been? Ah, I've enjoyed it, man. It's been fun. It's been great. Summer school, baby. I'm about to hit the vacation up. Let's do this. Right. Jonathan, <laughs> so fun doing this in person with yeah, you today. Yeah, I love to do this every year, man. It's you. fun. Danny. Absolutely. This is Always awesome. a pleasure. Shout out to Isaac. Shout out Isaac Lee. SGA is going to make good for you, man. Yes. Don't be too down. From here in beautiful Los Angeles, thank you so much for listening to Draft Class. Please rate the Ringer NBA show five stars on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube as well. Special shout out to my friend and the biggest NBA fan I know, Elon Musk. Elon, what up, Elon? Elon finally I answered him, one I get him of my a shout out now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he finally right. answered me. Yep. Like, Dude, I, that was the thing of the year for I sure. I was literally jumping up and Kevin down o big time, in man. my apartment. Lake <laughs> Show. It's so great. Yes, Lake Show. I, I feel good about getting Elon on the show next year. We'll see. No, Dang. get that Tesla, man. Get that I mean, push yeah, the Tesla. I, I, you need a car, I, I, right? I'll, I'll, I'll t- yeah, I do need a call. Hey, I'll, celebrity I'll, endorsement right I'll, now. I'll take a Tesla over draft <laughs> class. Kevin Tesla. Are there any, any, any Tesla employees listening? <laughs> but thank, thank you, Elon. And thank you so much. It's been great. We love the back and forth with you guys. Thank you for listening. Anyway, guys, it's on to free agency. Here we go. Have fun this weekend. Peace out. Uh,